In this episode, I'm going to be responding to a listener email that I think could apply to you as well. It's about finding purpose in life and what to do next. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist obsessed with helping people to get unstuck. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. I think this episode should be perfectly safe. Uh, We're not really talking about anything traumatic in particular. Uh, Just, I think something that can really apply to most people, just about being stuck in life, making decisions, feeling out what to do next. So I think it's safe, but you know yourself best. So put yourself first. I got a message from someone named Eugenia, and she says, Dear Justin, hope you're doing well navigating these crazy times. Overall, Eugenia, I am. Thank you for that. Well wishing. She says, I'm from Monterey, Mexico. I've been following you a while, and I can't stress enough how important it has been for me to integrate the hashtag stuck not broken approach in my life. By the way, she says, I'll never forget your you are not who you think you are open letter. Oh, I'm glad you like that. That is actually available only, I think, for patrons now. Patreon.com slash Justin LMFT, five bucks a month, uh, and you get a whole separate podcast with exclusive material, lots of Mercedes there as well. And also, is SNB stuck not broken an approach? Let's say it is. Sure, I'll, I'll run with that. Maybe I'll have to develop that more in the future, but all right, it's, it's stuck and not broken. It's a way of life. And also, there's merch available at justinlmft.com. All right, that's enough selling. She says, I, I'd appreciate it if you could share some thoughts on stuckness from a creative finding your purpose career perspective this is interesting for me in particular eugenia because i consider myself a creative person i love to create this podcast is one of those things the instagram building safety anchors course i love to create i like to draw i like to sketch Um, i consider myself an artist i've been drawing my entire life and i'm pretty darn good if i say so myself (laughs) i'll toot my own horn there So I I find this question pretty interesting. Uh, I think finding your purpose, career, these are interesting things that I hope people find some clarity on and get unstuck. So the first thing here is, do we actually have a purpose? She said, uh, from a creative, finding your purpose, career perspective. No, I I know what she means, but do we actually have a purpose? Let's, uh, let's, consider this from more of a philosophical bent perhaps and when we say that we have a purpose or finding our purpose that kind of suggests that uh, there's one thing that we should be doing or that we're supposed to be doing or one thing that we're supposed to contribute to the world is but is there really only one thing that we're supposed to be doing or contributing to the world what are we supposed to contribute or do for ourselves or for our families our communities and perhaps even uh, the global community like I'm doing right now with the podcast and the Instagram. But is there really only one single thing that we address? Can we have more than one purpose? So I think that's the first thing is when it comes to just thinking about this stuff, when it comes to thinking about our life purpose or careers or the next step is, is it okay to have more than one thing? And are we limiting ourselves by assuming that there is only a thing? And why do we do that? Why do we limit ourselves by suggesting or thinking that we have a purpose? And I think I I mentioned this um, uh, maybe a couple months ago in an episode called uh, The Essence of Everything. That was another response to someone uh, 
asking, saying that they were stuck on the essence of everything. And I have put out a similar idea. But when we say purpose, doesn't that kind of suggest that that we're like a tool? And that there's some sort of creator of us? I mean, not, a, not our parents, but like a creator of the universe. Or a creator of human beings. And that our purpose is something that they, I suppose, divinely imbue in us or have a plan for us that but really if if we have a purpose then we're kind of like a tool aren't we like i if i'm creating the universe and i create person a and i i have a plan or a purpose for them in mind it's to get my own needs met as a as the creator right if i have a purpose for what i create then there's something that i need out of that thinking that we have a purpose makes sense from from that viewpoint, as if something created us and we do have a purpose. We are a tool in that sense, right? We are a thing that was created and that we were given a purpose, even if it's a mysterious one, even if you don't know what it is. Even if your creator works in mysterious ways, we were given a purpose. There was something intended for you or for us in your creation. So, you know, if that doesn't work for you, because that doesn't really give you an answer. The other angle here is instead of purpose, what if we change the language that we use? What if we, instead of saying purpose, how about a self-identified contribution to the world? But so this would be more of something that I think it gives more agency, more power, more choice, or at least the illusion of choice in it. I think the question of choice is an interesting one. I'll talk about that some other time. So what if we what if we just conceptualized it that way? It's a reframe here. A self-identified contribution to the world. And it could I think it could be more than one thing. So it would be something from us, from ourselves as individuals that we want to contribute to the world, something that we feel like we maybe even must. Like I think with this podcast and with learning about polyvagal theory and sharing it through all the avenues that I am, I just kind of feel like I have to. So someone could easily describe this as a purpose in life, and that's fine. But someone else could also easily describe this as, well, what I just said, which is a self-identified contribution. I could do other things. I love to draw. I could easily spend my time drawing. I could play video games all night, night after night. I could do that. And I could you know, dedicate myself to any of these pursuits or more. This is just one where I feel like I, I wouldn't feel whole if I didn't. Like there would be a huge piece of me missing. If I didn't do this thing, I would not feel complete. So this is something from me that I want to contribute to the world. I don't think I have only one purpose. I, I like I listed, I'm an artist. I think I have a, I think I have some design sense. I'm very amateurish there, but I think I can tr- contribute to the world in that, in that way. If I didn't talk about polyvagal theory, I'd probably go more into philosophy. There's, there's, there's things that I could contribute to the world. This is just the one that I've self-identified as being the one that I want to contribute and spend most of my time in. It's also the one that I feel the most compelled to do. A career then could be something that stems from your purpose or your self-identified contribution to the world. But a career could also just be something that you do to make ends meet. So you, you could easily find out that whatever you pursue in life may not align with your purpose if you have one. I started out as an art major. I went to community college, and in my first semester, 
I was an art major and I dropped that pretty quick because I didn't like doing what the teacher told me to. That wasn't, for me, that didn't feel right. My art, my creation is extremely self-motivated. It has to come from me. I don't want to do what people tell me to do. So it was a purpose for me in life to create art, I guess, to sketch. And I don't really show a whole lot of this anymore, but it's, it's there. And I love drawing. So I could have pursued that as a career. It kind of is a purpose. I could impact the world through my art, right? But it ultimately wouldn't, I don't think it would have felt right. And it probably would have just been something to do to make ends meet. And I may have been missing my other potential purpose, which is this, and being a therapist. So even if you pick a career and you go at it full steam, 20 years down the road, you might be like, oh, you know, this doesn't quite feel right. I, even if I wasn't a therapist right now, I'd probably get a job doing pretty much anything just to kind of make ends meet, right? When I was in college, I worked uh, at an art store, which I thought would be perfect for me. I hated it. I worked at a gaming store, which I thought would be perfect for me, and I hated it. Both of these were at the same time. I was working part-time at each and going to college full-time at, to graduate school and uh, also the bachelor's level, the undergraduate. And I hated both these jobs, but I just did them because I needed money. They were both paid minimum wage. I think it was $6.25 an hour at the time. So I was doing these things. It wasn't my ultimate career, but it was a stepping stone. So, But I think that jobs could easily be a stepping stone. Even careers could be stepping stones. We may intend them to be long-term, but they might branch off into other things. And I, as a therapist, I'm still a therapist. I don't think I'll stop doing that, but it it is branching off into other things. And I think that it is a stepping stone, a big stepping stone, but probably still a stepping stone toward other things. So when it comes to thinking about the next step in life and career or purpose, do you just, do you just need to like make ends meet? And that, you know, in which case you just get a job or do you have space to dedicate to putting into a career, which is, yeah, I guess one of these longer conversations, or do you just need a hobby or do you just need a, a hobby that potentially can make you some extra money? So I think you have to kind of look at, you know, what is it that you want out of this? This isn't just for Eugenia. This is for everybody. Like, what is it you want out of this next step in your life? She goes on to say and says, you see, I've been chronically struggling with the analysis paralysis loop and the bad habit of telling myself, I don't know what to do slash what I want with my life slash I feel stuck, professionally speaking. It's painful and mentally taxing, and honestly, pretty boring. It's frustrating to feel this drive and powerful energy to do creative things, and at the same time, feel paralyzed, stuck, like you just can't move forward because, again, I don't know what to do with all of this inside of me, you know? It's this lack of clarity that I've become too familiar with. Yeah, I do. I completely know what you're talking about. It might seem like I have my stuff put together, and I'm right on the track that I planned when I was. Starting out in college, but no, that's that's not it whatsoever. So yeah, I I do. And I've been there and I kind of still am there for a while. I don't feel, I feel like I'm on my path that I should be if I have a purpose. But I also know that there's a ton more that is coming, you know? So I guess, you know, I'm not quite there, but I do feel 
parts of me that are in that analysis paralysis. I think when I hit 30, I definitely felt that. So going back in time about 10 years ago, yeah, uh, when I hit 30, I'm about to hit 40. When I hit 30, I had kind of all this uh, freak out energy, you know, like I guess some people do that when they hit 30. That definitely was true for me. And I had, at that time, I had a family. I was married. I had a daughter. I had a career. I was working as a therapist. I was doing just fine. We were renting apartments and I think we were moving once a year. We, we used to move around a lot. But I, if I hit this um, tension or anxiety, I guess, you know, kind of like what she's describing here, where I was freaking out. I didn't feel like I had accomplished anything. And of course I did, but I also didn't feel extremely accomplished. And, and I am now, now that I'm like following what I'm passionate about or maybe what my purpose is in life, at least my self-identified contribution to the world, now I'm feeling more accomplished. Now I feel like, you know, I'm creating something and putting it out in the world and it's impacting people positively. So I feel more accomplished now. Aside from my accomplishments, you know, as a husband, as a father, as um, you know, just having a job and all that, you know, basic life kind of stuff. But it, it wasn't enough. Like I felt like I needed more. So when I hit 30, I was, I got really driven, tried out a whole bunch of different things, lots of starts and stops, uh, interests, hobbies. I had um, actually a whole, before this podcast, I had, I had an art podcast. I, that lasted for almost a year. I stopped on episode 51. I didn't do episode 52 and it was a weekly show dedicated to hobby artists. I had an art Instagram, which is still active right now. It's still active. And I created comic books. I wrote, I drew, I colored, I inked them, including uh, one called Astro Pig, which ended up winning Best Sci-Fi. What was the award? It was an independent comic book um, online digital distributor is not the right word, but platform. And they had a contest or they have a contest every year. But my my book, Astro Pig, which is like a family sci-fi kind of thing, that won best of the year for sci-fi, which was really cool. So I was accomplishing stuff as an artist. And that was really my passion for quite a long time. I thought that was going to be like a career I was starting. And there was a lot of momentum. I had an Instagram account that was really kicking ass. Had over 10,000 followers. The podcast was going, it was fun. I was really enjoying it. And I had successfully completed a couple of Kickstarters to fund comic books that I had made. But but during this, I was wrestling with my potential art career and the psychology part of me that wasn't fully developed and wasn't hadn't really blossomed. I was kind of stuck in my psychology, I think, my uh, career. And then I learned about polyvagal theory, and that's when my art and psychology life or passions started colliding, and I had to pick. I just felt like I had to pick. And yeah, here I am. There's a lot of energy in that analysis paralysis. And I think that just the phrase analysis paralysis, there's like a lot of hidden meaning there, isn't there? Analysis is this thing that we do from a sympathetic flight fight energy. It's very evaluative. We're analyzing, right? Paralysis is immobilized, which is more of a shutdown dorsal kind of thing. So you have that, sympathetic flight fight analysis plus that dorsal shutdown that 
Well, sympathetic plus dorsal is freeze. That's the mixed freeze state. So it's this tense, rigid immobilization. But if we take that and apply it to the energy for growth and not knowing what to do with it, to me, that is that analysis paralysis. It's like, it's kind of like you're frozen when it comes to this in particular. It doesn't mean you're traumatized or anything like that. It just means that we have all this energy to change, to grow, to try something new, maybe a new career, a new purpose. But we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how to feel it, how to own it. We don't know where it's taking us. So we kind of just stay frozen in this energy. And it leads to this analysis paralysis because story follows state and our thoughts follow the energy within us. So we're just analyzing and spinning our wheels about what to do next. And we don't know the next step. We focus on bigger picture of things like a career, but maybe we just need the next right step. It might not, the next step might not be the answer to the career. It might just be the next step. So for me, it was pursuing my interest in polyvagal theory. And it was, I was just, I was just interested in it. Like I came across it and it simply felt right. It simply felt like the next step. I wasn't, when I first learned about polyvagal theory, it wasn't like, here's my career, here's my forever. And I still don't even know if it is, honestly. It, but, but I knew, I felt like this is just the right step for me is to, to go deeper into this and learn more about this. It started off as simply like, this is interesting to me. And then that, that led to creating uh, presentations for my workplace Doing that led me to becoming interested in creating a podcast about polyvagal theory. Doing that led me to creating a Patreon. Doing the Patreon and the podcast has got me more interested in creating this as uh, a business that I'm really, or being an entrepreneur, I guess. And that led me to doing private pay clients at nighttime, which is something I've wanted to do forever. Having that money come in allowed me to hire a coach. Hiring a coach allowed me to create my course. But all that stemmed from just me being interested in the polyvagal theory. So if I hadn't pursued that and I had just stayed on my art track, maybe I could have gotten there. But I know it came up from these series of steps. But it just started from me being curious. Now from here, I do think there's going to be lots of good things happening for me. I think that I will be writing a book. I think that book will get published at some point. And even if it doesn't, I'll write it for myself and just sell it directly to my website. <laughs> so I think a book will happen. I, I think that um, there'll be more courses. Like there, this is going to grow. I, I know this is going to grow. I just, I don't know the exact next step, but I know there will be further steps. And I just kind of keep following what interests me and what feels right. Eugenia continues and says, now imagine that tug of war on repeat mode, running the show over and over again, and time passes by so quickly. Then there's the shame of watching yourself in the same place, feeling the same, telling the same story. And she says, story follows state, yes. I do think I have more clarity now, though I'm passionate about art and mental health. Just like me, here you go. Especially from a trauma-informed perspective. Just like me, Eugenia, here we go. That's it. As a content creator and a former reporter, I love doing in-depth research way more than writing. Ditto. I love doing research. And she says, okay, that's good news, but now what? I feel like I just can't connect the dots. That's, I like how she says that. And I was, it's, it's funny, like it's very, very similar 
because I had pieces of what I was passionate about, like polyvagal theory, art, podcasting, creating content, Instagram. So I had all these pieces and I still have a number of pieces that are kind of swirling that I haven't fully put together, but some of them have coalesced and come together. But I I know that I have a number of things that I haven't talked about or brought up here or haven't shown that are swirling that I'm just sort of waiting to put together because I know they're there. And she goes on and says, so then again, I say to myself, I feel stuck. I get lost and I stare at nothing. Do you see what I mean? She says, I started a podcast. Nice. I started a a podcast. I felt overwhelmed with social media and then just stopped. Do you have any thoughts on getting unstuck? Justin, best Eugenia. So yeah, I've, I've shared some. I do have some more. When it comes to getting unstuck, the thoughts are important. The thoughts that we have, the shameful thoughts, the thoughts about, you know, wondering and ruminating and what do I do and I'm doing this wrong and all that stuff. They're important, but they're not the primary problem. It's, it's the energy that we feel inside that we don't own. We don't sit with it and we don't allow it to do its thing. But these thoughts are a portal to getting unstuck. And this is something my coach and I work on a lot. There's, there's shit underneath the thoughts, right? It's not just the thought. There's stuff underneath it. There's, there's the emotion. There's the, the somatic feelings. And when you lift up the thoughts or take the cap off, I feel like thoughts act as a cap for, our, for the shit inside. But when you take the cap off, you're going to feel the emotions and the somatic stuff, right? You're going to feel shame. You're going to feel it in your body, like in your gut. You're going to feel stuff in your chest, in your, in your neck, your throat. Remember, the thoughts are only are, are just the story following your polyvagal state. And once you take a step forward and once you challenge your thoughts, the, the shit inside is going to come undone because the cap's coming off. And that's what I, I really appreciate my coach. This is what she does is that she will address these thoughts that come up for me head on in an effort to figure out, okay, what's going on underneath? Like what's surrounding that thought? What are you feeling? What are you like? What's happening underneath? And these thoughts always have something going on underneath because the story fell asleep. So it's really easy to get stuck in our heads. And I I do the same thing. There's plenty of things that I am stuck on that I kind of want to address in the podcast, but I don't. And there's a lot of energy there to go into heavier topics and I don't. I'm stuck on it. I have a lot of trepidation about going into things, and there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of um, mental obstacles that follow that fear. A lot of assumptions, a lot of anxiety. So I, I do it too. We all do it. it. You know, and it's easy to stay in that place. I could stay in that place forever. But uh, I know for me, hiring the coach was the next step. I needed to do that to get out of my head. That was, and it's been great so far. So what's the next step for you? I I think the first thing is to realize that there may not be a single answer for the rest of your life. That seems very overwhelming, very daunting. So just embracing the next step and just kind of bring it down, bring the intensity of that down a little bit and realize you don't necessarily have to plan for the rest of your life. You just have to, well, you don't have to actually, you don't have to do a, a damn thing if you don't want to, but if you want to take a step forward, it might be just what's the next step today. And if you're a creative person, in my opinion, 
you have a perfect opportunity to feel into that stuck defensive energy and then channel it into art. And this is actually just a little story here for for me. This was actually I, I talked earlier about the being torn between following my art or my polyvagal obsessions. <laughs> I have two. And I really could I was stuck on this decision for a long time, probably a couple months. No, actually longer than that. Yeah, I was stuck on that for quite a while. I, I would say at least a few months of like intensive, like what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? But as a creative person, I knew that drawing was a way for me to climb the ladder. And so there was a night where I allowed that stuck, frustrated, kind of, honestly kind of panicky energy that I had within me. I allowed that to come through in my artwork. And it wasn't sketching and drawing with an intention in mind of what it was going to look like. It was simply feeling into my energy and allowing it to come through my arm and through my wrist to move in a way that just kind of felt right, you know, in in a way that, and it's hard to describe this, but in a way that um, felt lighter, I guess, or actually not even lighter, but also more frustrated and um, anxious. Like I was feeling into those and just pursuing them and allowing that to come through in the shapes that I was making and how fast my arm was moving. It was very different way for me to draw because usually I'd have something in mind and then draw that thing. But th- but this was not about the thing I was drawing. It was about the experience of drawing. So if you're a creative person, it doesn't have to be drawing either. It means singing, dancing, probably collaging, playing an instrument. You can feel into your feelings, into your somatic feelings too, and just sort of play from that or draw from that or sing from that. And allow that energy to come to course through your body. And that's what happened was I allowed that process to happen. And I felt that those polyvagal shifts all the way to the top of my ladder. And that was right before I went to bed. And then I fell asleep that night. And I woke up at 4 a.m. with the words polyvagal podcast just absolutely pounding in my head. I woke, it woke me up. And that that was the start of this. That was the start of the polyvagal podcast, which became stuck, not broken. But I had to allow that energy to course through me. And art was such a good way to do that. If you're an artist, if you're a creative person, and I think all of us are, honestly, uh, you have a really good opportunity to feel into your stuck defensive energy and then channel it into your creative expression. But you have to focus on the experience of creation, not the end result. Let's say you're not a creative person and you're still stuck, fine. What, what, what's, what's just something that you're kind of curious about? So if you're interested in a new career, you don't have to like tonight or today dedicate yourself to going back to college, paying student loans forever, and um, you know setting on that course. You can just think, you know, what, what am I kind of interested in going to school for? And then just take the next baby step and just start like researching it online like if you're into psychology what you just go, go learn something new besides this all right it's a bad example if you're into um rowing and you're really stuck on whether or not you want to dedicate yourself to that for life wh- like what's one baby step you can take toward rowing just to kind of feel it out there's someone you can talk to any research you can do on it maybe look into the demands of like what it takes to be a rower i don't know so rather than making a decision, like just take a step forwards. Rather than dwelling, just take a step forward. Just try something out. Just learn about it. 
watch it. I don't know, but just take a step forward, right? If you're interested in uh, joining, you know, priesthood, do you know what's involved in that? Do you know what is is being sacrificed when you live that kind of lifestyle? You know, look into it or talk to someone. Like, you don't just decide, right? You kind of have to feel it out. And that's exactly what I did with my art career or lack of art career, which is in college, I, I took uh, a semester's worth of courses and that was enough for me to be like, eh, nah, that's, that's not for me. No, thank you. The other thing here is, uh, last point, just as a mindset thing, is that there's always going to be a stuck point. And this is something I'm realizing more and more. There's always going to be a stuck point because if, if you're growing and you're challenging yourself, you will, you will find a new stuck point. You will find a new area where you don't know how to navigate it. You don't know how to handle it. You don't, you don't know the next step. And so I think you kind of have to get, you have to embrace the process of not knowing and the process of trying out something new or just following that little hunch and seeing how it feels. But if you're at a point, just as a reframe here, if you're at a point where you're stuck and you have this energy for change, that's a good thing. Congratulations. Now you know your stuck point. That's all. Okay, so, well, I had some recommendations about taking the next step, trying something out, letting the energy out creatively. But just just realize that, like, if you're stuck, that's a really good thing. That means you're at your your maximum and you're now in new territory. That's fantastic. That's a good thing. So that's a little reframe there for you. You, you might hear me and think that I have my together more or less, and I don't. Uh, I am every day confronted with situations that I do not know how to navigate and I'm figuring it out as I go along. So if you're like me and you're at a new stuck point every day, congratulations. I think you're in a good place. So Eugenia, I don't know if that was helpful for you. Hopefully for everybody else listening uh, as well, you got something out of that. Those are my thoughts is first off, why limit yourself to one thing? Try out a couple of things and one thing might emerge as your one thing. That's what happened with me. I don't think I have one thing. I, have, I think I have a number of things that I could easily contribute to the world and feel okay about, but this one feels the best for me. It feels the most right. And so I pursued that. And then that was, I had to be brutally honest with myself about, I had these two passions in life of art and psychology. And I just had to be brutally honest and, and and admit to myself that one of these deserves more attention and the other one is not going to get it anymore, but but can still kind of be a hobby and something that I do for my own self-regulation and whatnot. And, and art is that. But I also find ways to utilize my design, what little design sense I have in everything that I'm doing here uh, and on Instagram and uh, the website and whatnot. So I still have my visual creative outlet. I've just sort of, you know, I've combined it with what I'm doing here and the PDFs that I create and whatnot, the course that I made. I, I, I try to implement the artistic side of me along with the psychology. So there's, it's still here. It's still, still here. I still embrace it, but, but the psychology part of me, the especially the polyvagal um, obsessed part of me. It simply, it just felt like I felt it in my body that I just needed to give this more attention and that this was the next step in me getting unstuck, at least at that point, 
and not unstuck forever. It's just I got unstuck enough to get to my next stuck point, which is, again, it's a good thing. Eugenia, thanks for the uh, question and allowing me the opportunity to talk about stuff I don't typically. For everybody else, uh, thank you so much for listening. Polyvagal patrons, I would love to know what you thought about this in the Patreon. Again, $5 a month for everybody. It's uh, patreon.com slash justinlmft. Only 5 bucks a month, and you get a whole separate podcast from myself, from uh, Mercedes is in there a lot as well. And it's all mini episodes every week. But Paul Vagel patrons, yeah, I would love to know what you thought about this in the in the comments. I'll have a a section for that. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.